0: Let's just go straight in. Hey, uh, we're not—we don't have Dave with us today, but because Dave is such a crucial part, I thought I'd fill his shoes with with two former guests, past guests, but two of our favourite people. We've got Will Bell.
1: Oh. I always—that's that it has been pronounced worse than that. Hit uh, me the real <laughs> test. Go for it.
0: From uh, Crafty Pint, award-winning beer writer. Yes. Uh, all-round bon vivant, we'll say.
2: Yeah, um, and we've got Topher from Wildflower. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's great to great d- you. Oh join you, us. you didn't attempt to say my surname, which would probably be equally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you? How do you pronounce your surname? <laughs> I, so I it's, um, spell it so it's well. Yeah. Um Bame, isn't it? But we pronounce it Bame. Yeah. Bame. So okay. Where does yeah, that yeah, come I would from? Have Always gone for it's Bame. Czech Republic. Okay. Um, so like Bohemia. Yeah. Right. Similar spelling. Um, family went over to Texas. God, it would have been four. Or four or five generations ago 1870s yeah 1860s yeah. 1850s there was a yeah. big um movement from like Siberia Russia sorry yeah, well, obviously Russia Siberia Russia um Germany mm. and Czech Republic so
1: it's into when some south Germans, texas yeah it's when Germans came to australia as well oh, right, my family yeah Twins okay yeah. but yeah a there lot we went to texas and a lot went to australia they yeah were the from Germany, anyway. I don't think a lot of Czech people came to Australia, though. Well, I'm like the sure. family yeah. was was
2: German, mm. but the, f- yeah. the name is 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 yeah. Czech. So, yeah, if you go to Texas, there's Schulenburg, Fredericksburg, um, heaps of really beautiful old Lutheran painted churches, mm. um, and lager beer. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly enough. Um, what a great yeah, p- way to start a beer podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I, no, I'm, I'm into this it's because that
0: that migration, like, influenced Mexican beer. As well, right? Yeah. That era, yeah, like
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Jäckis, um, yeah. gr- uh, which one is it? Um, the Amber, yeah, is a, like a Bock, yeah. Uh, you know, it's a light Bock. So, like Schiner Sh- Bock is probably our most well-known German beer that still is around. Schiner's one of the top ten biggest independent breweries in the country. I think. I think their constellation. I'm not going to say who owns them now because I can't remember. But um, they their style they make now is now known as uh, like an American light Bock, yeah, um, yeah. but. They their their main beer is Shinerbach beer and they do you know um, traditional German style beers. That beer that brewery was started in 1906 um, by a guy named. Uh, let's see here now no I go that's some history stuff. Yeah, it good. Mr. W- Will was loving this. So yeah, Mr. spatzel so <laughs> I hope everyone um, else is tuned out. What's Spatesol's first name? I can't remember. I can't remember. But um, Mr. Spaitzel. Uh Schiner is a town and it's about ten miles uh, south from a town called Moulton and Moulton was the f- town that coincidentally my um, uh, family like founded because they had a general store there so my uh, great-great-grandfather um, Edward Boehm, uh had this general store and he was kind of the man about town in Moulton and Co- Cosmos Spetzel that's was his name started the brewery in China he was kind of the man about town in yeah. China and um, my grandfather remembers his father Uh, and Mr. Spitzel doing chemistry experiments in the kitchen during Prohibition. (laughs) 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 Um, And we we still, like, uh, years ago, we went to that house where my grandfather was born and where the chemistry experiments would have happened. And there was, sure enough, bottles of beer in the cellar. Right. I was not of drinking age, nor did anyone initially end up drinking them yeah, because yeah. they opened them and like blue smoke came out <laughs> in this 1920s, uh, you know, Texan Pro- lager beers. But yeah, anyway, yeah, Prohibition lager. Yeah. Geez, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, It's, um, it's crazy Texas, yeah. to me
0: that Prohibition is still so recent. It really gr- is. Like,
1: yeah. There's a lot of living memory of it. Yeah. Still available. So like, yeah. just so I'm clear, that Prohibition was all of the US. Yeah.
0: No one could to buy booze in the US.
2: No, you could buy near beer, which is like wort. Um, okay. And you could ferment it. Yeah, right. Apparently that was. I'm actually just googling when it finished, cause I can't remember. Um, 23rd Amendment. Do y'all know? No, oh, come no. on.
1: I. I do not know American history. Um, it's a shame. Doing, it would have been perfect for you. Yeah.
2: Okay. 1920
0: to 1933. Yeah, Jesus. it was. It was the whole
1: thing. 13 years. Yeah. yeah. That's um. So it was well i mean i mean hitler invaded poland oh yeah hitler became chancellor of germany in 33 was it kind of like a concern about like a wartime thing or like a wars, wars happening let's all get drunk yeah i'll admit to not knowing yeah. the story yeah i don't <laughs> understand that? why yeah. i've never understood why it ends i'm sure it's an easy easy yeah. thing to google i'm not going to read yeah. it right now M- maybe yeah. i'm end- interested to know why it ended and also you've got the depression in sort of full full blast at that point as yeah, well. Yeah. So Surely just yeah. ended
2: because like, fuck that. Someone's going <laughs> to yeah. listen to this and you guys are going to hate me like I'm like, you, you totally botched that. <laughs> <You> know, <like laughs> that we industry. do get
0: people uh, unhappy sometimes with things we say mm. uh, because Dave and I don't do a lot of research <laughs> uh, if any. Proudly. Yeah. And people people take issue with that and I get that. That's fair. That's a fair commentary on our on our. Uh, so Tofa. yes, you're pouring a sparkling ale from Cooper's for us. Yes. Um, why did you grab this beer when when you've got twenty mm. of your beers on? I guess you're sick of drinking your own beers. But
2: no, I, I'm really not. We're, we're like, at Cowan Salads. I'll though. totally admit to to liking drinking my own beer. Um, yeah, we're at Cowan today, and the the guys have been saving kegs for this event, and we've put on twenty kegs today. It's been some fun, but. I'm not really sure. I just went inside to get a bottle, so we could sit out here and not have to go inside and and drinking. Uh, Sorry, get um, new glasses. And um, I, I love sparkling ale. Like I think it's entirely uh, unique. Um, when I when I travel overseas or when when brewers from overseas come here, I'll I'll talk about sparkling when I'm traveling. And when mm. they come, we'll, I'll always make sure to have some sparkling with with someone who you know any uh, like any any brewery who who brewer who does things overseas because it's i mean it's really the only australian style mm. um and we absolutely own it but we don't own it as much as we should you know this is like a this is a yeast driven um light in body uh hoppy high carbonated beer how far away is that from saison is, mm. is my, i mean it's it's really so there's a lot of similarities when dave and i did the class Weird
0: t- blind tasting where we didn't know what the beers were um, but we compare them in different glasses and Cooper's green into like a spiegelau tulip glass mm-hmm. we thought it was a Saison because we mm-hmm. didn't know what it was so mm-hmm, we're like mm-hmm. trying to and because we said to Emma you know pick a couple of beers and like on these styles and then pick us a wild card beer and that's mm-hmm. what she chose and when mm-hmm. we smelled it I'm like fuck is that a Saison is it um, Bridge Road Saison or something and then I tasted it I'm like oh okay no it's not but yeah yeah the nose is, is really interesting. Um and drinking this now it's more better than I remember. Mm. It's far more better than I remember. It's um. it's
2: yeah it is bitter um and it's super yeasty as well. Mm. Like it's heaps of yeast from now. Anyway, I just bought it cuz I think it's it's I don't know. Uh, I was at the Na- Australian National Homebrewers Conference two weeks ago here in Melbourne, um, and Peter Simons. Do you know Peter?
1: Mm. I just spoke to Peter the other day. Actually, okay. yeah, for the first time ever. But yeah. uh, <laughs> writer of two excellent homebrew, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what, how to recreate historical mm-hmm. recipes at home? I guess you'd and, say and his yeah, books yeah, are focusing about focusing on Australian yeah. stuff mostly yeah. Yeah. as well. Um, he, he seems to have done a lot more archival work research than I would say anyone else mm-hmm. in, yep. in the country. Yeah. He goes to Adelaide and yeah. does his work. Oh yeah, I, I, he gave a
2: talk all <laughs> yeah. about the history of sparkling ale yeah. and had three different versions of the same recipe based on different different. A- you know, he had like the eighteen ninety, the nineteen twenty. I, I I can't remember exactly what mm. they were, but um, uh, you know, the different um versions of the same beer and 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 I don't know. I I'm kind of even though I'm I'm an adopted um Australian. It's, I'm I'm kind of really proud that this is actually still around. Mm. and and kind of doing what we do with with wildflower with kind of focusing on um, New South Wales malt and using native yeast. I actually think there's some strange crossover I'm still waiting for my check to come from cooper's <laughs> um, uh, I'll, I'll keep waiting for that but no, no no like I'm not I'm not coming out there like advocating for them or trying to sell for them I just I mean I have this idea of like taking a barrel of Cooper Sparkling and, and inoculating it with my yeast and I think that'd be a really cool beer. Yeah, um, a collab with... With, <laughs> with Cooper's. Uh, oh, I should probably pitch that to them. Um, but no, I, I don't know. I, I think it's just... It, it's, it's Actually, I've been having this conversation recently with a couple of people about how like something that are really special can be really available. Like It doesn't have to be rare for it to be special and, you know, um, the concept of like having a, a great sourdough baker down the road from you that you can just go buy incredible um, bread from on a daily basis, that kind of captures this, this idea of, of what we don't necessarily get in drinks because drinks, they're not as perishable. I mean, they are, but but it's not like a bread where you have to consume it. Um, and, and I like that idea. I think this is a special beer um, regardless of how available it is. Um, It's 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 a testament to a lot of things the fact that it still exists um, in a weird way and I you know it's a seven fifty it's eight bucks it's Mm. a great great value (laughs) too you know.
1: Cooper's is such an sort of oddity as well in like compared to a lot of countries like it's kind of the size it is and its history it, it kind of. It's not replicated in many other places, I would argue, at least in other in the rest of the Anglo sphere or in other Western countries. Yeah, and the fact that there's
2: bottle-conditioned beer still being produced on on a pretty large scale, and and the fact that um that haven't been bought out. I mean, a lot of that's to the very complicated structure of their ownership with the family ownership, but um, Thomas Cooper
1: having so many (laughs) descendants. Elton, (laughs) thirteen. Yeah, they have A and B shares. Yeah, this is is an incredible story.
2: Like. The ca- company can't be held in too many A shares, or too many B shares, and the first six or seven seven kids are A, and the first six kids, so descendants of the first half yeah. are A. Kids. Because you kids had different wives, yeah. right? right. Yeah, so there's s- kind of,
1: yeah, people are born, <laughs> Coopers are born with better shares in the company, I guess. Right. So or like, quite, like yeah. yeah, different, different structure, types, different yeah. types, yeah. It's, it's, it's oh, yeah. bizarre. But it's I actually fascinating. They set that up to stop themselves getting take, taken over. Basically, yeah because um, I mean they, they almost like, did at some point.
2: Yeah, yeah, a number of times. They had yep. invested in radio um, for a while, like in the 60s and 70s, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, Peter Simons or someone who actually knows a bit about the Coopers' history, could probably catch me up on this, but they've had to diversify a number of times, including like homebrewing kits, yeah. which were a big thing in America as well. Let's not forget yeah, yeah. the yeah. Coopers' kits yeah. in America helping start the homebrewing um, thing. And, and like just in english English-wording... Uh, talk like um explanations of how to brew they, they, that 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 went over to the states and then helped instigate as much as the uk did the homebrewing culture in the states which now is craft beer basically but mm. um yeah they, they had to do that because they couldn't be sold because there were the company shares were too tied up and all these different things and also they needed to stay alive so yeah it's fascinating anyway
0: yeah i um
1: man i learned a whole lot about cooper's just then that i didn't think <laughs>
0: what have you been up to will <laughs> How's how's things at the crafty
1: point? Ah, uh, good. Yeah, great. Even. Um, yeah. There's.
0: What's the what's the stories you've been pumping? Uh out
1: what have I been pumping out? I don't like to say pumping out. That that makes it sound like a sweatshop. <laughs> 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 what's the story you've been crafting? <laughs> uh, the we've. What have I been doing recently? I uh, have a had a great little story on midstrengths a couple of weeks ago. The rise of or. Rapid prolification, I guess, of mid strength, hoppy, pale ales. I mean, there's kind of two kinds of mid strength, aren't there? There's your sale, uh, sour Gozo Berliner last time, and then there's a lot of breweries going after that three and a half percent market as well. We actually did a blind tasting, uh, getting blind with crafty uh, last mid-strengths, night, yep. uh, with mid strengths. Yeah, when's this episode <laughs> coming out, or Monday maybe Tuesday? Okay, good. Uh, we'll be doing the story on Monday so <laughs> okay. we can talk about them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's good. Um Rogers was up there, really yeah. high. It second. came second. Good. Little, Creatures. Little Creatures, classic beer. Yeah. And it, it did, it was obvious. Like it's, it's not often I pick a beer from doing it blind, but yeah, it, yeah. it was very different to a lot of the other beers in the style because mm-hmm. a lot of the others going for that hoppy, pale kind of thing. But it was it was fantastic. It's a fantastic sort of British-style yeah, yeah. beer that I haven't had for a very long time. Enjoyed yep. it. Yeah. Uh, sauce, Marrickville, Marrickville. Did very well as well mm-hmm. with Piss Week, yeah. And um, Little Bling was up there from Bridge Road, yeah, which is sort of a it's uh, orange, yeah. I, I guess uh, that's was quite distinct as well in the sense that it was uh, not as pale as a lot of the other Bismarck as session IPAs, yeah. Um, he,
0: he that's his style of IPA is that darker multi, uh,
1: yeah. I, I picked that as well and I'd never had it before but okay. it, it did taste like a smaller a lower ABV version of bling which yeah. I've had quite a bit and, and really enjoy so yeah, yeah. yeah I think I need to revisit yeah. both of them are the, cans, are the cans I think this cans right, a so. little bling uh, or bling now a uh, little bling is yeah. definitely yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was be- fantastic beer it was tasting excellent last night um, so
0: what was number one do you remember
1: yeah it was sauce piss week oh that was number one yeah, yeah. so that was the top three sorry cool. I can't remember if Rogers was second off there but yeah was uh, it the Colonial cool. Smile. That was up there, yeah, okay. uh, fourth or fifth. Okay. Well, I I don't know actually. It was it was in the top ten. And the anyway. did you have the Balter on in there? Yeah, yeah. I can't quite remember where. Where that it was? Yeah, cool. I, came. Yeah. Um, I just had
2: it for the first time the other day and was like, I was. It was, it was actually perfect. Small I was yeah, had done a walked across the bridge on a Monday. I looked after my daughter on the Monday, landed back at the Australian hotel at the foot of the bridge and went, oh, it's 12 o'clock. Florence needs to eat. I'll go have a, so I got a Captain, uh, you know, a um, Captain, Captain Sensible and um, I texted Scotty as well and said, mate, this is h- hitting the spot at 12 o'clock on a Monday and he goes, playground friendly, you know, <laughs> and I was like, that's perfect, yeah. yeah." yeah I, 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 I'm, I'm into that movement, hugely. Yeah, there's,
1: it's interesting, I guess this is one of the things I was sort of trying to unpack in the story, there's a lot of them being made and there's a lot of good ones, I just wonder how well the market of them goes and now that everyone's going hard at it how well they stand up to age and that kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a small, uh, and this is kind of the feedback I was getting from a few brewers and bartenders and bottle shop owners that they can still move pretty slow mm-hmm. despite the fact that there's incredible ones mm-hmm. getting made mm. really, really good beers for three and a half percent. They're just not necessarily selling great, mm. but it, it, it's, I was chatting to it's Scott, a weird, yeah, Scott from
0: Bolter about this. Yeah. Um, and he said the same thing, like, you know, their IPA, double IPA, as soon as it hits the shelves, it's gone. Yeah. And then Captain Tensible comes out and no one really talks about it. And he just says, we, you know, we have to prepare for that and know that it's going to take a couple of years. Yeah. But I guess someone like them and say fixa- fixation, doing obsession pretty hard, um, does mean that, I guess, it, it makes it more mm. accepted. Um, it's like Stonerwood yeah. Garden Ale is a great example of, like, it's such a great unique beer.
2: Um, is this like, have we hit our Stone and Wood quota? For okay, well, it's only yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I know, but is that enough? <laughs> 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 I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> going on holiday
1: in Byron next week. Yeah. I'll just <laughs> and I can't wait, and part of it's because I get to go to Stone <laughs> and Wood. And not fresh, fresh garden oil yeah. Is, yeah. Uh, I'm totally with you there, though. No, I love November, it.
0: November 24th, uh, see me in Brisbane on behalf oh, yeah. of Stone and Wood. <laughs> okay, that's enough Stone yeah. no, Wood. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's. It will, I think it will take a while for the market to be, Yeah, I guess comfortable paying 20 bucks 26 bucks for a, a six pack mm. like that is a hurdle I think for a lot of people they're like it's mid strength why am I
2: paying m- just yeah. as much or, or it's more It's hard than to get the price beers. right um, but they're like they're also not beers that you need to like people won't go you don't want people to go crazy over them that kind of ruins yeah. the point actually yeah. so the fact that they're just available I think is the m- more important mm. part
0: mm. I don't know and I, I, I mean, have at the moment in my fridge I've got Boat Rockers, Miss Pinky, um, mm-hmm. and the new cans. They look great, by the way, if, no one's seen, if you haven't seen them yet. Um, and Hop Culture from Mornington, which is mm-hmm. there. What is that, 4%, I think? Was it? Um, I thought it was 4.2, maybe. Oh okay, but yeah, it's lower than, than... Yeah. And I'm so happy that that's my fridge. Like, <laughs> I don't want anything stronger than that in my fridge. <laughs> um, so since you're last on... You had a baby. Well, you didn't. Your my your wife. My wife had a baby. Too. Yeah. yeah. Um, How, how's things?
2: Great. Yeah, great. Um, Florence is now fourteen months old. Cool. Um, and so yeah, she, she was born in September of last of seventeen. I think we were on. It wouldn't have been much longer after we opened cellar door that I was down. Anyway, I can't remember when when it was, but yeah. um, that where I was on. Um, Florence was during born the Crafty
1: Pint rebrand yeah. party, I yeah, think. That's, that yeah, that was it, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it that was be before Cellar Door opened, so yeah. that was, that was <laughs> July. It was when you'd kind year. of announced that it was happening, and you were mm-hmm. kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. We'd done yeah. a release. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. This is all for yeah. us you know. Less, <laughs> less
2: interesting. Um, yes, yeah, so Florence was born in September of 17, um, and. A lot has happened. It's been a crazy uh, year and a half, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, Not just since he's been born, but we opened Cellar Door in June Mm -hmm. um, of 2017. And so we celebrated a year at Cellar Door this June. We had Mary's in, and we did a big, big thing at the brewery and heaps of beer on. It was a lot of fun. Um, I guess the biggest development with the brewery was the fact that... uh, with Florence being born, we released our our first uh, fruit referment, ferment, which was mm-hmm. with Sauvignon Blanc. So that was in Florence, 2017. And um, as soon as I did that, Chris, my uh, brother-in-law and business partner, was was like, "Hey, how come your daughter that you just had gets a fruit beer, and my three kids don't have anything?" So we're <laughs> like, "Okay, I mean, not not that we weren't going to go into fruit referments, um, but we decided to you know kind of tie the um, fruit fermentations with with the kids." So. Um, he has three kids so you know uh thomas henry and phoebe and they all had their own fruit beers released this year on the the month of their birthday as well and then florence um this year uh in september we released two variants of, of her beer one was having and one come with pinot noir um grapes we ferment so that was kind of a big step in in our i guess expansion of like you know, when we would have spoken last, I would have had three beers on pour at the brewery, mm. table beer, gold, and amber. Mm. And and now we have 10 taps pouring at the brewery, and they do anything from fruit fermentations to our Solera, blends of the gold, like as gold, um, and also, you know, wine and cider mm. as well. So um, things have... I wouldn't say it got out of control, but I'm a quite... I get interested in things really easily, and now, you know, well, we'll th- I guess 2018... Was was uh, coming was like uh, kind of bringing everything that I was doing you know earlier, but it just wasn't quite ready yet. So, it's it's been a it's been a massive year and um a, a lot a lot of fun but a lot of work. We're really really tired but, but happy for where we are. So yeah,
0: it does seem um, it's interesting us having this conversation recently where someone was talking about your beers as kind of being niche for beer geeks and I was sort of arguing that I feel like they've crossed over into the, the wider culinary world in, in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, from the outside, that's what it looks like. You're popping up in restaurants and doing, you know, the natural wine lovers all kind of gravitate to your, your product. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. that what you're seeing from the inside?
2: Um, it's hard to know because, like, from the inside, y- 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 you don't know. Like, we put on all these beers today, and I had no clue who was going to show. You just don't know because mm. um, I'm kind of so... Into what I'm doing, and then when I'm not at the brewery, I'm like really want to be at home and, and and not be thinking about the brewery. So I d- I don't, I don't have a great understanding of what people are saying about us outside of you don't what read they're un- saying to reviews? me. No, I don't <laughs> do that. No. Um, you read so crafty
1: pint stories. I yeah. yeah when when wherever. when you send them yeah. to <laughs> me, will. yeah.
2: No no I, I I I do I do. When someone tags me in something or I'll read it 100%. Um, that's really important. Like, I'm, I'm not... I, I don't want to be above that. Like, mm. that's, that's akin to someone being at Cellar Door and giving me direct feedback. That's, mm. that's, that's, that's great. Um, but it was always... Uh, I didn't think I'd be able to survive, and I don't think we'd be able to survive as a brewery if we weren't, let's just say, multifaceted. Like, if our beer wasn't um, enjoyed by people who drink wine or, or, intru- or are sort of epicurious... Then I don't think we would be able. We wouldn't be alive right now. Um, I, I'm not going to say so much, and I wouldn't be able to put a percentage on it. But um, you'd probably be surprised looking at our account list how many are not beer venues. Mm. Um, we 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 sell. Although we have kegs available, and if anyone wants to pour our beer on keg, just get in touch because I have kegs. Mm. Um, but we sell Which people so might little. Realize, guess. A lot of people don't, and but I email it to all the account any account that we do have. They're yeah. they're they're able to buy kegs, but we're still really bottle heavy and I think that has to do a lot of where our beer is served Mm. because a lot of the time it is served um, by the glass or by the bottle um, at on-premise venues when someone talking to you about that and um, it was kind of a goal for us to get to those stages you know when I had sort of thought about the brewery and and, um, Chris and I talked about how we'd be able to stay alive basically while making something that takes a very long time to make we thought that you know, for the first uh, year or so, we would be kind of thriving or just existing. Yeah, not definitely not thriving, but existing on the back of people wanting to drink sour beer mm. and you know, beer venues. And kind of the opposite happened. Um, we're we're actually probably heavier into uh, on-premise, um, mm. like not to use you know, jargon, like more restaurants and more wine venues pouring not necessarily wine venues, but people who are interested in drinks, right, and, and who, who wouldn't necessarily be sold um, beer. But because we're really small and we have the time to reach out to them, they have the time to reach out to us, and we have the time then to go sit down and do a tasting with them, then that's kind of where our, our beer has found its, has found its home, um, mm. for, for better or for worse. Um, mm. that, that's kind of how it is. And and um, I, I'm really actually proud of that Like uh, now, the fact that that was kind of a, a goal, And it's come a little bit closer and and now i get the chance to now that we have like a little bit more beer like you know i've probably at the brewery got 30 or 40 cases sitting there that i'm i could i could you know um start knocking at people's door and selling now i can actually go around to other bottle shops that haven't had our beer maybe they don't even know about and i can actually say hey this is what we do and and um do a bit of sales which Sounds like it shouldn't be what I want to do, but it really <laughs> is. Like like I, I really want to like introduce people to it. That was the whole point of doing this. It wasn't, you know, just being this hermit who you have yeah. to, you know, knock on the door three times with a secret handshake to get any beer. It's like, no no, this should be available. Yeah. Um, you know, it should be like Cooper Sparkling, <laughs> you know. Um but uh yeah, it's kinda turned out like that. I guess in ter- I don't know if I answer the question directly, but um turned out to be really into um a wine and epicurious um culture. And, and I, I, I think it's I think the beer is better for it. It's pushed me a lot harder as well. Okay.
1: What about the sort of people coming into the cellar door? I know it's not exactly open that much, but do you feel it's that kind of person seeking you out or who's um, who's coming in to visit the Wildflower Okay, we're open a lot. Location?
2: <laughs> we're open eight hours a week. Yeah. And right, and okay. That's a lot yeah. for a cellar yeah. door. Uh, there's, there's three of us that do... Yeah everything so um i have i'm not i'm not <laughs> trying to to jump on you for that but um i do get this feedback but you did you did
1: uh reduce your hours recently didn't you i did well oh we right were up right until
2: right. eight o'clock at night and yeah. and it just wasn't our um it just wasn't our um our crowd yeah and also i wasn't able actually that was more from a mental health thing um yeah which i'm happy to talk about yeah. uh i i was never yeah early part of this year was really really tough um I never felt like I was doing right for either the brewery or, or my family at the same time. You're always paying Peter, stealing from Peter to pay Paul and and um it if I was at the brewery I was thinking about home, and if I was at home I was thinking about the brewery. So we reduced the hours uh, not to try to be exclusive, but to try to be able to find some amount of balance in my life because yeah. when I like being at the, when yeah. I when I'm at the brewery and I genuinely like being at the brewery, so this is a special thing that I'm here you know in in Melbourne on the weekend um but the reality is if I wasn't here I'd be at the brewery yeah s- serving and talking yeah. to people about yeah. our beer but who, that's who, what it's all yeah, about yeah, yeah. I, know, I, you know, I know i know i know i'll get to uh, that i uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> <yeah>. i'm excited <laughs> cuz when, just when i was there yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. fascinating yeah.
1: mix of like it seemed like everyone it's incredibly diverse
2: there, yeah. yeah i'm really proud of who wants to come to our cellar door um so uh yeah. I actually don't know who they are. Like, I can't. There's no demographic for our customer, mm. and I'm, that's also what I'm super proud of. Like, I would hate to typify them. Just yeah. say, "Oh yeah, our demographics, 35 to 45 male. You know, this one kid." It's not about that at all. Like, our 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 um, gender di- gender diversity at Salador is super equal. Um, I, I find uh, most weekends, um, yeah, you'd have as many as many fem- females in the brewery as you would males. I don't think a lot of that has to do with the fact that how Bernadette wanted that place, my wife wanted that place to look and feel, and she's really focused on the the bathrooms being super, super clean, um, and letting, making sure that a group of her girlfriends could come in and feel like they're, you know, it's not like these dodgy old pallet chairs that are going to rip their dresses so they can't go out later. And that's uh, that's not a funny thing. I think that's a real thing that we need to think about if we're, if we're operating a hospitality venue, which which, in some aspect, we are. You know, we want to make this comfortable and and enjoyable and welcoming for for everyone so we need to take those things into account and I think that was also a big part about uh, you know bringing the cellar door hours a little bit tighter was the fact that providing the level of hospitality that we want to provide for long 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 period of time every day seven hours is incredibly taxing and and we we don't work hospitality that's not our background so we know how we would host someone at our home for a certain amount of time and um that's what we can do at the brewery and and outside of that it can just be (laughs) it can feel more transactional like a venue and and that's not what we want for our cellar door space so um who's coming um i i i can't put my finger on it but i know that i know that um the people that come that are on the merrickville sort of brewery crawl in um, Bucks parties and things like that, they don't come to our cellar door. Either they don't know about us or someone says, oh, that that's not your your <laughs> scene and, and they don't come. Which is,
0: like, let's face it, that's w- great. I- <laughs> you don't I- have to deal well, with that because well, that's the yeah. part of hospitality. So. Well,
2: it kind of, r- like, like, when when they do come in and, and they say, oh, I'll have a pell or an, or a Lager, we just say, look, um, w- that's not what we do here. If you'd like to try what we do, this is what we do. But it, really, if you do want that and you're really set on that, these are these places, it, really in a trying, like, don't want to be a dick. Yeah, yeah. Just saying, like, if that's what you really, really want, and you know that, that's awesome.
0: Go and somewhere else. And that's the um, thing, like,
1: if I was, yeah, people was want that at certain times. Yeah,
0: if yeah. I was on a Bucks party with my friends,
2: I definitely wouldn't go there. As much mm-hmm. as I
0: like the beers, obviously, well I well wouldn't. It's, it's d- not gonna suit everyone. Yeah, well,
2: yeah. We, we, we just don't have to be everything to everyone. Yeah. Why don't we be something to a few people? I I. I, oh, I don't want to uh, get on a horse here. Oh, so I was I'll reading <laughs> There's a, a podcaster that
0: kind of... You are reading a podcast? Uh, no, reading about a podcaster, um, who I always look up to and one of the first sort of early podcasts and he's built this mini empire of other podcasts. And they're all really specific shows like, um, you know, he's really focused on having shows that aren't hosted by white straight dudes. Um, and so, you know, he's built this weird little niche empire and he's, he said that, you know, podcasting gives you the ability to create this, what you know, create something for people specifically. Mm. Um, and you can give them something that they exactly want. And I guess mm. that's that same thing. It's you don't have to be everything to everyone. You can create something for a specific mm. or someone that wants a specific thing. Mm. Um, does that?
1: F- but in a weird way, that does, still doesn't make you niche. Like uh, the wa- the way I see it, it's still accessible, but yeah, accessible, but, but, but uh, a lot of people are not. Ni- yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Because yeah, I don't see your biz as particularly niche. Good. That's um, great. It shouldn't be. A- and it's an easy story. Like it's definitely an easy narrative to. Say they are, but um, having been to the cellar door and having tried a few of them, probably the, I guess, maybe niche ones mm-hmm. might get a bit more attention and stuff. But there's a lot of very accessible beers there that are just delicious oh, yeah. that
2: anyone can drink. That's kind of the whole yeah. point of the brewery yeah. was like the reason we started making yeah. this culture beer, and in that way, I guess, not <laughs> wow, that's pretty loud. Um, in that way, was to be approachable and to be accessible by more people. So, um, not to go about us, but to kind of tie back onto this accessibility thing. I don't think not being everything to everyone. So, so, so doing something in particular makes you less accessible either. Mm. Like, mm. there's, you know, uh, you can do a very specific style of food. Like, you don't, you don't walk into a Pakistani restaurant and ask them for Indian food. Mm. But they do excellent Pakistani food. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean that you can't go to that restaurant. You just know what you're getting when you walk in. Mm. Um, and and uh, I, I'd love to see a bit more of that in, in beer. And to bring it back there, um, people focusing, you know, saying I make British cask mm. You know, and I make English mal. If you want, if you want a, a New England style IPA, you're not going to find it here. Mm. Um, and or we do decoction lagers, Like that's mm. what we do here. And. We, I'm seeing that, I was, act- was in the States recently, and, and that's becoming more and more common, is breweries focusing on one thing. Be- becoming specialized, but not at the detriment of their of their market share. They're, they're, they're not becoming less relevant because they only do one thing. In fact, they're becoming more relevant because of how good they are at that one thing. You know, it's like, oh, if you want lager, go to beerstadt You know, or if you want... Um, if you want... Um, English so, saw so saw things go to go to Machine House in 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 Seattle. Like like that, those are the places to go, and I I really like that. Like this idea of not needing to try to bend over backwards and be not who you are because of maybe a smaller market share that you'd like to grab. Um, and yeah,
0: Fixation and um, they're a good example with the great example Incubator. There's only IPAs on tap. Mm-hmm. There's probably a debate to be had about their easy sort of easy. One of the three and a half percent, whether that's an IPA still, but, um, you know, they they are a bit doing that. You're going in and you're getting a particular thing. Mm. Everything mm-hmm. is led by hops. Yeah. Yeah, at the very least. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, that ten years ago, that would have been... Unheard of. Two, like, even yeah. now, it's crazy. Mm. Um, but you're in... Where they are in, c- in, the, in the city makes sense, because you can go to Stomping Ground easily, you can go to the mill... Um, Molly Rose is opening up around the corner, um, doing something similar to what what you're doing as well, where it's, and I, yeah, I love that idea of, shit, I can go and get a a delicious something sour or something wild or or whatever, and then wander around to fixation. and Grab an IPA. Yeah, yeah, and have a pizza, and, you know, it's Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. just a fun environment. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, I don't want, and that's the problem, I think for a while there, everyone was doing the same thing, and like, you know, a new craft beer bar would open up, and it would have the same shiny stalls, the same food, and you know, a pretty s- eight taps of the same. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't need this anymore. Yeah, <laughs> like we've got that, it's cool.
2: There's like a crappier starter kit, you know, it's yeah. like beard, tat. um, yeah, there's uh, like some sort of uh, edgy um light fixture, you yeah, know, yeah, like get us some bulbs, yeah, and yeah, maybe yeah, like yeah. a wire cage, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and like, I, I guess it's. It's good in some ways because people see that as a model that works and they can put that into a suburb that doesn't have anything like that yep. and know that it works. But yep. then its mm. I think as long
1: as you're taking it to a new area, it's, yeah. it's justifiable when a new one opens up within sort of three and a half k's of Melbourne CBD. It's kind of like yeah. that's, that's really not yeah. know, doing anything different whatsoever.
0: Yeah. And that's, I guess it sounds like, I don't know. I know people are opening up to open up a business and they wanna but I guess that doesn't it's not a
2: successful model to just re- copy up everyone else. So um, this is the part of the show where you start talking about like contraction and Yeah and yeah, the, yeah yeah and <laughs> the, you know, the market. It's happening in the yeah. States, right? Yeah it certainly is you Everyone's were not. at a
1: Shelton Brothers festival recently, weren't yeah, you what's a few weeks ago. I, I guess maybe a lot of people don't know the story sure. behind Shelton, so if you wanna yeah. like talk to that for a second and then sure. what what you took away from it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah um so
2: uh, Shelton Brothers are an importing company um, in the States, um, either directly or indirectly uh, responsible for keeping Canteon alive. Mm. Um, they really... Um, they're actually a, a pretty remarkable company, to, to be honest. Um, they focus on importing beer to the States from very, very small producers, like, like myself, and doing it completely on the producer's terms. So... Um, through a couple friends, um, and I, 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 based on the, the merits of our beer, they asked us to send some beer over um, to America. So we put together a pallet um, to, to send over and made uh, did a couple events in, in Seattle and Portland, and then um, they asked us to pour at their festival, which is kind of the reason that they come over. So every year, um, Shelton has a festival they put on that's really a, a showcase for the, the por- their portfolio. But they also draw on a lot of their friends across the country. A lot of U.S.-based um, breweries who are quite, you know, trendy or well-esteemed, not necessarily always one and the same, but um, breweries to come and pour there as well. Because um, a lot of, the, you know, the whole festival thing in the states, breweries hosting festivals is really big at the moment. Mm. Um, so, you know, if we were in America, for example, we would probably have some festival where we invite. You know, all of our friends Some to come pour Brisbane their beer. Kind Brisbane Invitational on the 24th. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, something like that. <laughs> actually, yeah. at Stone and Wood's future location, yeah.
1: featuring
0: yeah. masterclasses hosted by a very talented hosts. Yeah, about wild beer, but I'm not going to be there, yeah. so I'll just yeah, undercut okay. that. No, no, no. <laughs> I
2: already texted Brad. We're all good. Um, but uh, yeah, that th- th- that kind of concept, and and so a lot of those breweries don't have distribution networks, so they rely on Shelton for dis- distributing their beer to another state. Um, this is kind of boring stuff but they will re- need to rely on someone who has distribution networks and distributors in different states to get their beer to a specific festival and so kind of in exchange for that that's kind of how it seems shelton goes hey well would you come to our festival and so um for the past couple of years it's been um i mean they just call it the festival because it's pretty epic mm. um in terms of the list so this year i don't even know how many breweries were there but Basically, any one of the breweries that were on that list would have demanded their own festival and their own huge market. And this year, they held it in in Denver. And um, it uh, was basically a a two-day event. Um, Every producer brings three or four different beers. You pour one thing during the VIP session and something else later. Um, But it's really... For Shelton, the reason they do it is not only a chance to to showcase their producers, um, but also for their producers to meet. Mm -hmm. So they really focus on having the person who makes the beer there, um, which in the States is becoming more and more rare. I think as you'd see in in festivals here in Australia as well, it's more and more rare that the person who's brewing the beer is actually serving you the beer. Um, And so for me, uh, Chris and I went um, over to the festival to catch up with a lot of people that i hadn't seen in a long time um but also to meet uh, a bunch of new people brewers that i you know genuinely respect and, and love what they do and get their feedback on what we're doing um but also people that i'd never heard of that they've handpicked from around the world and we can try, try their beers as well so um, you any yeah. that stood
0: out in that context that you hadn't heard of
2: um yeah i mean well there was something i had heard of there's tommy Steff um sjef from the Netherlands. Um, He's younger than me, even, and making um, incredibly balanced, uh, beautiful, beautiful beers. He came to the festival. Um, I, I, we, we were, uh, we were fairly inundated with people, and I, I, kind of, I kind of stayed a lot at the at, at the brewery, uh, like at our at our booth, um, because I really enjoyed being there and serving our beer to a new market of people that had never tried it. Um, and a lot of people ended up coming there. Um, but that's not we weren't like we didn't have like queues like Kention or Dreyfentainer. Like that's not <laughs> what I'm saying. It wasn't it was nothing like that. Um, but the fact like we were pouring right next to our friends from Gesture King, and they just kept pushing people over to us, and we were so it was just this really beautiful um, time of being able to really introduce something entirely new. Were people disappointed that you weren't Australian? No, like at at great and then like no they didn't know <laughs> okay. no because they all thought I was Australian <laughs> and I'm like accent. oh no I'm actually American and they're like no you're not
0: Yeah, I guess they don't notice the accent so they don't think about it yeah but then yeah. Chris
2: was there as well like this big red beard lives in like southern Tasmania you know full light, yeah, yeah, yeah. full on accent did he wear um, a Cobra just for the, the oh, he should <laughs> have it would have covered his bald head um, <laughs> but uh no no um no no not necessarily they were actually like no people were really really excited by it. i mean the the ho- there's the novelty of being australian but that didn't really shine through that, that r- really we were i was really i still am quite energized about what we're doing based on the response that we had there because um there's a lot of really sour beers still out there in the states really um really esteemed breweries and and what we're what we're doing I think speaks more to a brewer's perspective, and the fact that it's res- that people in Australia have res- have responded to it or like inc- incredibly gracious for, and I guess that whole idea about about being tied into the restaurant community has helped us a lot as well. But the the concept of us trying to make more nuanced, subtle beers um, with with acid, but not like fully sour, um, that was really well received back home um, in, a, in America, and not in a way that I knew would have been. Um, seems to be where brewer's minds are going, and, and maybe then the market will fall. I'm not sure. But um, it was. Uh, there were a number of interactions there that have given me energy to go on for years. Um, so it was a great trip.
0: Someone uh, mentioned to me that the que- there was queues for, as you said, Drake and and Canteon. Yeah. Um, but no cues for the hot, you know, treehouse or Trillium or, or whichever ones were there. Monkey. and they were from the UK, and they were like, "This is great. I can <laughs> I can get them really easily. I can get Cantillon in the UK really easily, <laughs> so I
2: don't need to worry about that." Was that um, Matthew Curtis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I met him. It was great. Yeah, cool. He walked up to the uh, uh, Matthew Curtis, another uh, podcaster uh, or writer uh, right for right Good Beer Hunting.
0: Yeah, he's just left Good Beer Hunting um, okay. to to focus on his own stuff, I think. Um, but he. Interestingly enough, I think when you were on our show last, mm-hmm. um, the guy from Platinum Liquor, what's yep. his name? Uh, Adam. Adam, yeah, um, was drinking with Matt, and he'd taken him a wildflower beer. So mm-hmm. Matt met him and was like, "Oh, I'm drinking wildflower beer." I'm like, "Oh, I'm standing next to tofa right now." So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of it's interesting he, um, how that, that world connects.
2: He came he came to the stall and kind of was ready for a drink of beer, and I just said, "This is so weird." Like, the whole Instagram, like the fact that. Anyway, I, I just I knew what he looks like because yeah, you know yeah. he, he has a he has a public profile, and I was like, "You're Matthew Curtis, go give me a hug," like you know. <laughs> and he was like, "Oh," and, and anyway, it was like it was kind of nice in a way though. Like we'd never met, but I kind of had I knew like parts of his body of work, let's say, like what he'd been doing for or his writing, and and I have a lot of connections in the in the um, English craft brewing scene because um, English brewing world. Um, because of spending some time in Europe and and being over there a bit. Um, So I I, I follow that really, really closely. Um, And so Matt's writing was I have always read. Um, So it was really, really nice to finally meet him, yeah.
0: And England does have a strong writing, a a a strong world of beer writers Mm. um, that's really like Mm. interconnected and and quite diverse. You've got people writing about Cascale exclusively Mm -hmm. and you've got... People like matt or whatever mm-hmm. people who just
1: focus on pubs or yeah or yeah that kind of thing. yeah and i think yeah, they're
2: not everything to everyone those writers yeah, yeah. they <laughs> just do it yeah yeah. yeah yeah
1: there's only like five of us in australia yeah that's different i kind of <laughs>
0: and australia doesn't really have any beer blogs anymore it's got beer Instagrams and mm-hmm. a couple of and, and that's i think what the uk so when was
1: the last time you updated a all the time as a blog yeah um, with a piece of writing
0: probably the um
1: black ops thing right. Uh, I've got a couple. And of that was, I guess, spurred on by something happening. It wasn't yeah, like a. A, um, a thoughts on paper. Yeah. That
2: I've kind of merits writing things down, though, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah absolutely.
0: I've got. Um, and I've definitely got things that I've put together and mm-hmm. shit. I'll, I'll do that. Like, I've interviewed both the guys from um, Kaiju, taken mm-hmm. photos, because they launched a Pilsner, a soft launch for a Pilsner for their birthday. It's like, oh, fuck, that's cool. Because one of them went over fell in love with Pilsners in in the Czech Republic and was like, oh, yeah, I want to make Pilsners now, Um, which is a complete opposite of what they do. Mm I was like, that's really cool. So, I I interviewed them and then I've never got around to writing the story. So, I still plan to blog. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 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 Mm -hmm. But, yeah, yeah, I guess that's a whole different point altogether. No, yeah, I'm just, yeah. No, but there's
1: blogs uh, in other countries seem to be a bit stronger, but... Three or four years ago in Australia, there seemed to be a lot more of them. I mean, when I became interested in beer writing, there were a lot of blogs I read mm. about beer and now most of them are, are gone or people have stopped doing it. Which and maybe that's just a life cycle thing or yeah. whatever. But it's a shame because, yeah, that, that's well, what got me into it. We're talking about it recently.
0: Yeah. Um, I was thinking about it recently. So so James Davidson that used to work for Bright Brewery since left, but he's... um. He started off, he was one of the early beer bloggers yeah. in Australia, and now he doesn't work in the industry. He commented on something on Facebook and, like, you know, made an opinionated comment. Um, that sounds like a negative thing. I mean that positively, in, yeah, in a good way. We're allowed to have and, and in my mind, I'm like, geez, James, get a blog. Wait a minute, start your <laughs> blog again. <laughs> um, so I yeah. used to have a blog. Oh, yeah? Yeah.
1: Wait, for Wildflower or something? No, second? Farmhouse okay. Beer blog. Yeah. Right. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah. I yeah. remember yeah. you on Twitter always yeah. pulling Crafty Pine up <laughs> <laughs> on, uh, on any, kind, any kind of misunderstanding. It would, yeah. it would be Tofa popping yeah. up, ripping into him, and then Rick Robinson... <laughs> Soon behind <laughs> Ashley probably as well. Yeah, we yeah, jump in yeah. there. Yeah. As well. yeah, yeah. I think James
0: has said he gets ticks from Tofer and I yeah. every time you write about lambic. <laughs> yeah. No, no, not quite. Yeah, don't say that. do say that.
2: Yeah. Well, actually, James. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's quite easy. <laughs> if if it's not from uh, the area around Brussels, it's not lambic. <laughs> <Yeah>. Easy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I kind of t- I disagree on that. but That's a whole different. What? Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing written into the. It's in from respect that, yeah, it's out of, of respect, respect, definitely. Yeah, because yeah. so the the people the people doing it that could call it lambic based on all the weird little stipulations mm. never do out of respect. Yeah, and the people that call it lambic are don't not making it. lambic because yeah. they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. so <laughs> that, that's kind of a fun aspect of it. Um, yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, I was listening to the Roots today, and they <laughs> I mentioned on Twitter that they um, in one of their songs they m- rap about lambic. Yeah, um, a new it, song? Or no, it's one of the old ones. Right. Uh, all the really? P- all the Things, yeah. Um. <laughs> things Fall Down, or uh, that album? Or? Yeah, 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 that album. Um, I can't remember what track. I was looking oh, on that's Spotify. That's um, And then, because uh, I was thinking about it on the way in for some reason. I don't know, I'm always thinking about Lambic and Hop. And then I <laughs> I was like "All right, I Luke's mind I'd love <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. to see Like a Venn diagram The second you heard That lyric you, just you're, you're, Your mind But then I So I switched albums To this And I I save all these albums On Spotify I scroll down this one band Called Clip it, Clipping mm-hmm. Clipping with a full stop At the end And they I think it's like A kind of a I don't know Esoteric hip hop group um, From LA or something Kind of new Not re- You know Pretty niche And then one of the album, one of the songs they mentioned getting a plane to Belgium for the lambic, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" What? Like, and that, like, yeah, I've <laughs> you th- overlooked looked that as well. I, yeah, I've oh, listened yeah. to that album a bunch yeah. of times, and I was like, and so immediately as I was thinking about the roots, all right, change that, and then I. I <laughs> so yeah, lambic hip hop is uh, a burgeoning <laughs> genre. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I would I would happily support more lambic hip hop uh, around. Yeah, that sounds great.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so what's uh what are the wildflower plans for the next?
2: Say, 12 months. Well, we're kind of drinking one of them, actually. Not that it's my beer, but what it's, what uh, it's a conversation about this one. Um, so this is a uh, Cite um, fermentation project. <laughs> I'm kidding. Wait, are we calling it Cite? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> From our good uh, friends at Hop Nation. This is a Hop Nation site. Um, oh, that's, that's empty. I don't know why I'm putting it back in the, in the thing. Um, no, uh, <laughs> Dunk told me a story two weeks ago about someone ordering a, a Cite beer. <laughs> and he he was there and he thought it was hilarious. Um, also, I think that's hilarious the yeah, CT. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah. So Hop Nation's launched this separate label. Or I guess it's through the brewery. There's no kind of qualms about that. Um, but uh, I guess it didn't having
1: a name like Hop Nation. Yeah, this kind of beer didn't true. fit well underneath that the, the banner of the rest of the right. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so it's just called Site. Yeah, let's yeah. Let's yeah. yeah Site yeah. Fermentation yeah. Project
2: maybe. Site yeah. yeah. Fermentation yeah, right. Project. Yeah. yeah um, so, the beer that we're drinking now is a um, mixed fermentation, golden, a- barrel aged beer, um, then kind of aged on or re fermented with Gewürz Treminer um, skins. Um, so, they didn't necessarily use the fruit uh, for the re fermentation of the sugars in that fruit. They got the skins after pressing okay. um, and used them more for the aromatics, which I think comes through a lot in, in, in the beer um, if you get a chance to try it. From what I understand, it's only a single barrel, so mm. there's not a lot of this going around. They did the Gewurz, the Riesling, and a musket um, this year. Anyway, um, wildfire, like especially since coming back from the states, um, my mind's been a lot more focused on uh, trying to express our location even more um, than what we're doing. So. Right now, we're we're using all entirely New South Wales cereals, um, but we've also started working on having those cereals grown directly for us, the varietals that we want directly for us, and farmed in the way that we'd like to, which is you know organic. Um, so that, that that's going to be a project that won't that won't see fruition for probably a year and a bit because we need to sow the <laughs> seeds, malt you know harvest malt, um, but. Uh, same thing with the hops, um, hoping to, by 2020, be entirely on New South Wales um, hops as well. Uh, because coming up from the States, like I think, well, you kind of asked this question before, and I didn't quite touch on it, about what we saw there and differences or how the beer was was um, uh, accepted. Um, I, I, I think more and more, even amongst mixed culture beer, we're going to start seeing um, I think more and more the uh, monotony of of flavors, and that's not because the brewers are not talented or not even amongst the best of the brewers around. You're always limited by your by your um, your raw materials, and so if if everyone's buying raw materials from the same produce from the same basically supermarket supplier of hops or malts, then uh, and yeast for that matter, um, then yeah, the beers at some stage are going to start to converge. So take my hat off to people like Garage Project for, for starting that um, their new um, Hoppy Research. Have you talked about that on the podcast yet? No, I don't think we really
0: have. It's um, incredible. I don't know a heap about it. Are you able to uh, recap I, it?
2: Yeah, I can recap a little bit because uh, Josh and I caught up recently. Um, they have uh, partnered with um, the second largest, largest hop farm in New Zealand um, to start working directly on a bunch of things when it comes to hops. Um, new uh, varietal development Um, because, uh, and I might speak out of turn here, but from my understanding of New Zealand hops, a lot of hops are grown by individual contractors and then sold to co-ops, and then those kind of all get conglomerated at the co-op and then (laughs) sold through New Zealand hops. Um, You don't get hop selection like you do in the States, um, and so you can't be choosing specific farms, um, which is what a lot of U.S. brewers do, and that really helps drive the... And Australian brewers do it. Australian brewers do f- it, yeah, in the, in in the, the US. US, yeah, 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 India yeah, yeah. and well, yeah. HPA, from what I understand, does do hop selection as yeah, well, yeah, it's like, yeah. like farm-specific hops, um, so uh, New Zealand hops is, I think, just, um, from what I understand, just a bit behind on that, and and so this project um, is is huge, I mean, it is its own thing, mm. entirely equal to, if not larger than GP, like yeah. it's like, not, not, that's what I'm saying, like, just in terms of its impact that we'll see in the next 10 years, it's, it's massive. Um, so, um, you know, Joss and, and Garage Project are looking at, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not doing basically, uh, I'm not doing the whole project justice, but it's a way for them to um, have direct feedback with the producers, the growers of their raw materials, to be able to innovate even more and, and in a less um, manipulative way to be able to um, innovate with, with new flavors in, in beer. Um, and that has to do with your raw material. Like certainly it starts there. And hopefully uh, this, I, I, I'm talking to Joss about it and, and, and I, I'm super excited about that project because for me that starts moving the spotlight away from breweries <laughs> and more to growers, which is where I I think coming back from the States and what you asked me what Wildflower is up to, that's where we, we want to be. We're about to, we're kind of getting an understanding of what our yeast is going to do, um, and how to to blend it, how to work with it, um, how to get the best out of like you know when to blend the beer and those kinds of things. So the only thing we can do to make our beer better, or sorry, not not the only thing, but the, the next progression to make our beer better is not to make more of it. It's 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 to be more thoughtful about what comes into that were beforehand and 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 so um, yeah the moving that spotlight to to the growers to the hop grower and and to the maltster um, specifically so next year is is really going to be a focus on that for for us um, although a lot of those beers won't come out till 2020 2021 um, and it's gonna take a long time for our seller to become entirely organic if, if that's something that that we are able to pursue um, it might be very yeah. Anyway, there's a, there's a lot of hoops to jump through, and I don't I don't think I'll kind of I'll kind of wear this. I don't think at some stage you're gonna see me stamp you know organic beer on, on ever on any of our labels. It's just gonna be an understanding about how we how we think things are correct to be farmed. Um, but along with that, uh, we're and I think talking about the the site fermentation beers. Um, we're doing a lot of. Um, N- next year, is there's a pretty large focus on um, wine grape re-fermentations. Uh, we've seen some really cool uh, uh, sort of um, things this year already outside of the Florence beers, and, and hopefully some of those beers we'll be releasing soon. Um, but we're working on a couple of things um, to kind of get more in the field and a bit better understanding of how... Um, uh, wine grapes can be used in beer, even just outside of n- like not just for refermentations with aged beer, um, using yeah similar yeast, using skins, um, <laughs> using uh, all kinds of different things. So I I, I think I think um, I was sitting down looking at what we're doing next year at harvest, and because uh, yeah, you know you kind of got to get everything sorted in terms of what fruit we're bringing in and how are how we're do we have tanks to do this type of ferment or that type of ferment, and I think we've got something like twelve different grape wine beers that we're playing with at awesome. at, at harvest next year. Um, which is a bit insane, but at the t- moment where it's kind of like a shotgun approach, figure out what we like and, and um, go from there. So it's kind of a two prong. One wine grapes and, and also like taking notes from that world in terms of how things are, are grown and focusing a bit more on how our ROM cheers are grown.
0: So, so very much very much dirt focused then. It's all about the dirt.
2: It's, it's about cool. the dirt, yeah, yeah, yeah it is. I love yeah, it.
0: Yeah. Well do you have anything you wanna ask
1: or comment on?
0: What are you no, up to I'm for the next year? Anything as
1: exciting as that? Um, it's all about dirt for me as well. <laughs> it's just a different kind of dirt, I guess. You've been out in the garden lately. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I, I just got all my tomatoes in last weekend. It's uh, <laughs> a tradition with cut Weekend in Melbourne, that's the okay. good time to plant your tomatoes. I didn't know that. It's uh, good to know. Well, it's a good rule. Yeah. Uh, cucumbers. Eggplant. Yeah, it's all good. Garden's Sick. looking good. All right. Side for it. You can grow a lot in Brunswick East. Yeah. That's my deter. Like, that's one <laughs> thing I'm determined to teach not only my housemates, but also my neighbors as well through jealousy yeah, how much okay. you can actually grow in a sort of quarter acre, acre block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Brunswick East. I feel bad. I. I Hashtag.
0: My garden is suffering at the moment. Uh, I planted beetroots and they, they had to turf them. They weren't weren't growing at all.
1: That's only your weeds. fault, though don't yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's don't my fault. I'm not. Don't, <laughs> don't put any blame on the vegetables. I'm not blaming them at all. <laughs> I, I feel. I feel bad. The bloody yeah. beetroot.
0: Um, yeah. my my ba- my, uh, carrots coming along, uh, nicely, and I think I've got some Russian tarragon that's coming along. So nice. Small small steps, you know. Hmm. I'm not a good guy.
1: Gar- I'm not a committed gardener. I think, as a general rule, people hit the garden too hard less not often enough. Yeah, Like, yeah. like they go, all right, mm. I'm going to spend an entire day in the garden. Yeah. Mm. Get everything in. And then they just let it, you know, all it takes is a little bit of time every single week. Yeah, yeah. 15 minutes every Do week. Do you have any good.
2: resources that you'd recommend for that? Like, like readings, podcasts? Honestly, because I'm um, actually searching myself right now for that.
1: No, I, in terms of planning guide I think the Gardening Australia website's pretty good. Okay. The ABC. Um, God oh bless the, the website. Yeah they're so yeah, good That's good In ABC. terms of when To get stuff in um, Also awesome.
2: um, Big Bearded ABC
1: uh, Costa Yeah Costa
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a He's angel
1: among so, men Isn't yeah. he Yeah <laughs>
0: Also your local garden shop Like Yeah They, they fucking They're fucking <laughs> Not Bunnings I yeah. have <laughs> no <laughs> idea But <laughs> It's been like Go to your homebrew shop Yeah exactly Because they're into it Yeah But it makes sense Yeah And you probably don't Think that Um Phil Cook from the Beer Diary podcast, he had a lovely story when they came back for one random show last year about going into a skateboard shop and he like walked in having no idea what skateboarding is about Mm -hmm. and he wanted to get one for his girlfriend who wanted to start skateboarding and he said he just had the loveliest experience by this guy that you know he said look I don't know what to get, this is so new to me and the guy's like I got you, I got you, (laughs) Yeah. like what do you need, he's like no judgement, just like and he's like, you know, if we can transfer that to the beer world yeah. behind the bar, yeah.
2: um, that'll be huge. So, yeah. The passion without pretension. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, fuck, you want to get involved in this, you need to know. Let's let's yeah, do this. Yeah, start um, here. It's really exciting. Yeah. Um, I reckon this is a good spot to wrap it up. Now, exactly. we've talked about gardening and
2: skateboarding uh, yeah. and hip-hop.
0: Ticked all my boxes. Yeah, you're, you're in. And oh so wait, we're how's, so your pil- in yeah. how, how's your pilsner coming? It's, we're <laughs> still not still not making it. Okay. Yeah, okay. Alright, yeah. uh, then we're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey Topher, if people want to uh,
2: find out more about Wildflower, yep. uh, how do they do it? Um, you can follow us on. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Wildflower Beer. Um, but uh, really, yeah, the best way is probably Instagram at the at this stage. Facebook's changed around their algorithms, and who knows what gets seen Fuckin by whom. Algorithms. Um, so Instagram, but but um, a lot of information on our on our on our blog and our website. I put a lot of time into that, so that's probably the best way. Yeah. Cool. Hey Will. Where do people find you these days?
1: Uh, Twitter and Instagram. I'm Will underscore Zibel, which is Z I E B E L L. Uh, crafty. Pretty much, mostly. I, I'm almost exclusively writing for Crafty Paint these days. So cool. some great articles come out recently. Uh, I've really enjoyed a few of things we've right say. been on a really good tour. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's great. There's there's nothing I love more than some of the bigger ones we've written recently, like the health article. Yeah, that was um, great. Which was work with Judd. Um, I first spoke to he. Well, he first brought that up at BrewCon which would have been in June like that. That was mm-hmm. months and months ago. And it, it's mm-hmm. been a sort of slow burner in progress ever since. And he's put a, he put a lot of time into that and mm-hmm. a lot of thought. And it it really shows in a fantastic article. Yeah, but it's great. Yeah, yeah awesome. Yeah. Keep it up. Um, and you can get me and Dave at Ale of
0: a Time. Dave uh, is in Perth living it up at the moment. Uh, he Three is hours behind. Is, yep, he's drinking um, Little Creatures Pale at Frio. Uh, and he messaged been. me, and he's just like, "Yeah, this is a, a real <laughs> bucket list. Like it's a, 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 he he was loving it. So I'm sure we'll hear about that when he's back. Uh, you can get me a, as I said, ale time at all of a time, hypothetical institute for podcast. You guys have a couple of nice hypothetical institute badges on, so please wear them proudly. I gotta start listening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm um, keen.
1: I don't know if I still haven't done it yet. So if I'm new to hype. Hypothopod. Yep. Where? When's a good time to jump in? Is oh, there? Is there any good touches. moment? To I, like I, I say jump in
0: at the most recent. Okay, um, and then just work back.
1: No, jump in the most recent. Get get a
0: feel for it because I think yeah. they're the, our best sounding and our best put together. Right. But then once you've got a handle on where we are Go back to the start Because there's a lot of random in-jokes
2: Have you done the Have you done the you, done you the the like two most JFK recent episodes ago Yeah, We've done have JFK Yeah. Oh damn yep. Should have me on I'm from Dallas <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, the, So at the moment we've actually done We did um, Ruby Ridge which was a siege oh, right. yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. we did an hour on that we did an hour, or hour almost two hours on waco last week oh wow um and then we're going to do the oklahoma city bombing next wow because all those three things kind of kicked off the militia movement kicked off a lot of the right-wing politics that we're seeing now yeah right um you can almost you can draw a direct line from waco to the hillary clinton um campaign wow and the donald trump campaign like very easily um the same conspiracy theories started there basically wow. uh, so the Waco listen one in. was really good it's listen in look it and it can be it might be a bit tough to listen to in terms of a lot of people died uh, yeah, and we lots are of we are yeah. not a serious podcast so that you know it might not be for everyone mm-hmm. um, trigger warning on, on a lot of it I guess but yeah it's a good show to do
2: I, I, yeah I need to I need to listen
0: um, yeah thanks everyone for listening and uh, thank you guys for stepping up and and helping out in Dave's
2: absence thanks for, thanks for having us cheers yeah, yeah thanks for having
1: me <laughs>